right. Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. And we're continuing our shorty series, What Have You Been Watching? So, Matt, what have you been watching? Well, I got to tell you, since we started doing this, I have been like watching shit because I watch a lot of movies, read a lot of comic yeah. stuff, and I'm like, remember to talk about this. Remember to talk about this. No, I don't. <laughs> we have an episode coming up soon. It's our St. Patrick's Day episode where we talk about the flawless, blemishless Leprechaun series. Oh my god! Of, I was gonna say of films, but that's not really fair yeah. to cinema as a whole. <laughs> I watched a lot of them for that, but I'm not gonna tell you about it right now. Tune in Wednesday, and then you'll hear you'll hear what we feel about that. But yep. I did watch a movie uh, this week that you and I have discussed, and I think it was our fear episode, the podcast that we did about fear. Yeah. I watched a movie called Night of the Hunter starring oh, Robert Meacham. Great movie. The most taut thriller I feel like I can I can say. It really, it gives me, literally I'm getting goosebumps now just talking about it. Robert Meacham plays a preacher who fucking kills women and takes their money. Yeah. And the story starts when he finds out that this family, uh, a widow and her children have money and he eventually works his way into the family. Ugh. He knows that the kids know where the money is and then he just fucking menaces the kids and it is creepy as shit and he's menacing the kids while making all the other neighbors think he's awesome mm -hmm. it's really really subtle it's shot by a guy who this is the only movie he has done he only, he directed it i think he's a cinematographer i think that's why the oh, movie's so beautiful it actually uses a lot of trick photography there's like mm -hmm. miniatures and like silhouettes and just it's really really pretty times where something in the foreground is in the same focus as something in the background Split and it diopter. looks amazing yeah it's, i mean I mean, it really is. There's, it's one of those movies, and this doesn't really happen a lot anymore, where almost every shot you could see that they were like, okay, I want this placed here, yeah. and the action happens like this on purpose. It's not just like a guy walks into the room. It's like the, the, his silhouette is introduced first. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's just it really, really pretty. It is beautiful, and it really is just chilling. You see these two main protagonists, these two little kids, and they're just being menaced by this guy. And he's creepy as fucking. If you guys aren't familiar with Robert Meacham, he's incredible. This is the movie that has, uh, he's got love tattooed on one set of knuckles and hate tattooed on the other set. Did I ever tell you the fable about love and hate? It's, uh, it's just, it's so, it's so creepy. And it started, like, there's so many parodies and tropes of it throughout the years, but not many people know that. Uh, Robert Meacham, the same guy, was in the original Cape Fear. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, that's really good, too. I think it's the... And, and Scorsese's remake with De Niro and Nick Nolte, it, it's a popcorn movie, I feel like. I think it works for... You're shaking your head and giving a thumbs down. You're no, not on board with that? No, I give it that. a big thumbs down. Why? Because the original's crafted so well and the new sure. one's crafted kind of cheesy. Yes, and I agree with that totally. I can enjoy the new one, but if you guys go back and watch the original Cape Fear... It is, it, like this movie that I'm describing now, The Night of the Hunter, it is fucking chilling. It is yeah. scary as shit. And I think because it's a little bit more subliminal and it's a little bit more subtle than the Scorsese one, yeah. I personally think those techniques are more effective. And it is just, it's scary. Robert Meacham plays a really good villain who is like out in the open. Mm -hmm. He's like, I know I'm doing it. You know I'm doing it, but you can't touch me. And mm -hmm. you're like, damn, that's really creepy and so frustrating. And the whole time cops are like, well, I mean, we get that you're upset, but like we can't arrest him. He hasn't done anything yet. And he's like, yeah, yeah but he's telling me he's going to kill my family. Like, well, those are just words. You know, you're just like, damn, that's it's, messed up. It's really, really good. And there's a lot of implied stuff where like with the Robert De Niro one, we see a little bit more, a little bit more of the action, yeah. a little bit more of the scary stuff. You see it with the Robert Meacham one. 
it's a little bit more subdued. And there's a lot of stuff where, you know, camera pans away or it cuts. And, you know, later on you find out something happened. Yeah. Or even if you don't know exactly what it is, you're like, damn, dude, it's it's good. I really I love both those movies. And watching Night of the Hunter, I literally watched it yesterday. I was like, shit, I should probably watch Cape Fear tomorrow because uh, they're such great companion <laughs> they're pieces. So good. So check those out. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, because we did our Killer Kids episode, I ended up going back and watching The Bad Seed. And I had never seen it before, but because of your insistence and how cool you made that sound, I was like, I got to check this movie out. So Kate and I watched The Bad Seed, and holy cow, dude. Ridiculous, right? This movie is so good. So good. And, you know, we're going to do a special short episode where we just talk about it, spoilers and everything, but I don't want to spoil it here. Guys, we are giving you some homework. Go find The Bad Seed. This movie is incredible. It's so weird. It was so well shot. And like the forebodingness of the mother realizing that her daughter might be a murderer mm-hmm. is insane. And it's so well acted. E- even the child actor, she's a little over the top, but it fits within the world of like this kid who is like slightly off. She's like so candy perfect that it's almost not right. And I don't know if that's a happy accident or if that was done that way on purpose. Yeah. But like you said, you acknowledge that it's slight overacting and it's a little heavy handed, but it works perfectly yep. for, you know, for the movie. Um, and those shoes and like the creepy gardener guy. How and about like, the scene? And if you guys, I won't go into it here because you guys should check out our creepy kids episode. Yes. But there's a scene where she, the, the, the girl, the, the Rhoda. Rhoda is talking about a murder she did. Yeah. And she's screaming about, and I hit him with our shoes again. Yeah. Was that not like fucking chilling? Chilling chilling because she's not even like she doesn't even care and then the mom's like oh my god you monster and then she's like what'd you do with that penmanship medal can i have that now we watched it i i I watched it recently i got it for christmas and once i knew we were doing a um a creepy kids episode i definitely rewatched it yeah and i mean it is so scary i watching it i i stand by that night of the hunter is still the creepiest movie that i can think of yeah but Rewatching this so recently, but rewatching Bad, Bad Seed, Bad Seed is right up there too. And actually, a, a little thing to just put all those movies together, there's an actress named Evelyn Varden who's actually in both. In The Bad Seed, she's the elderly neighbor who's in love with with um, oh, yeah. Rhoda and brings you know brings her gifts and everything. She's in that movie. She's also in Night of the Hunter. She runs a like soda shop with her husband, <gasps> and she actually pushes the mom, who's played by who's played by Shelley Winters, who also I've never seen, first of all, in a bad movie and never seen do a bad performance. Yeah. Shelley Winters is kind of understated in Night of the Hunter, which is normally, I don't, in my opinion, not what she normally is like. But um, this actress that I'm talking about now, Evelyn, she pushes Shelley Winters' character towards this preacher that we as the audience already fucking know is evil. Yeah. It's just great. It's really great filmmaking. You guys definitely should check these movies out. Like, I cannot. The three movies we just said, Cape Fear, Night of the Hunter, and Bad Seed. I can't push those enough. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about good movies, we're in a little bit of a time conundrum, Rumi. Whoa. Tonight, the Oscars are on. But... By the time this comes out, they will have already happened. It'd be old news. So it's like we can't talk about the Oscars and then just like release it later when they've already happened. Nobody will care. So we'll just generalize it. Rumi, you watching the Oscars tonight? What day of the week is it? Sunday. Here's what I'm going to watch. The things that are up for, um, the things that are in the vote for Shitty Movie Sunday so far is 
A Shark with Three Heads, the sequel. <laughs> a movie about a, and this is all Amazon is listing it as, a kung fu expert fights a sewer demon. Done. Like, I think that's what I'm going to vote for. <laughs> so I'm probably watching one of those while other movies win the most prestigious cinematic award available. How about you? <laughs> um, I will be watching the Oscars, but I have like, I, I have a, a split personality about them because there's a part of me that's like, so fucking stupid, so corporate, it's all fake. And I get really amped up and angry about it, but then I'm like, oh, it's like a celebration of cinema. It's just like, it's great that we recognize these films for being good. And then it's just like, oh, did I just say that? Oh, you sound so stupid. So I don't want to watch it, but I do, and I'm split on it. And then my wife made the best point possible. She was like, what are you going to talk about at the office on Monday? And I was like, God damn it, you're right. Three-headed sharks. Three-headed sharks. Sewer, sewer karate demons. Well, like... You know, I want Guillermo del Toro to win, so we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting, and I think there are a lot of good movies. I usually use the Oscars as more of like a what should I watch after the fact. Yeah. Like, I'm not voting. I don't really care. So, like, I'm just going to chill. I'll see whatever wins. Yeah. And depending on what press comes out about it, I'm like, all right, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there we go. So, that's what we've been watching. You read anything good? Uh, let's see. I've actually been reading a bunch of older Marvel stuff. Nothing nice. crazy. I actually just started, if we can go into books, books, which we normally don't do, and yeah. this isn't anything, and this isn't in our normal wheelhouse, but I've been reading a book by a journalist who, for an assignment, interviewed Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And, like, literally became friends with him over that interview. And, like, I'm reading this, it's almost like essentially like a, a, a love story of this guy who just got this like surrogate father figure it's like touching his shit and like you know i've mentioned it to you before but we haven't talked about it in depth i'm drinking kool-aid as far as mr rogers like i could not think he is a better person and is more inspiring in any realm so reading this book it's called i'm proud of you by an an author i think his name is like tim and his last name is something like madigan or something to that effect it's it's really interesting and just Without going into it, because I could go talk about it all day, the Mr. Rogers that you see in the show, he's apparently like that 24-7. Just like, that's awesome, just nice guy. It, like, that's awesome. But like, over the top nice, like everything he says to everybody, it seems like he's pre-thought about and said, like, what could be the nicest fucking thing I say to you? Well, I just recently tweeted that we have Mr. Rogers to thank for Modern Day Zombies because he gave George Romero Correct. one of his first jobs in the industry. And we and talked about that on our um, when yeah. we were hosting the Famous Monsters podcast, right? So if you guys haven't listened to that, check that out. Just but, like, thanks, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, not only is he just nice and like helped our childhood, he also helped with. It was Dawn, right? Dawn, or well, was it Dawn or Night? Dawn, I think. I mean, he he just gave George Romero a job, which I think gave George Romero the experience to go make zombie movies, you know? That's true. And if you guys haven't listened to it yet, check out the Famous Monsters podcast that Aaron and I, we, we hosted a couple, but we did one that was about zombies. Yeah. And there's an actual, like a specific really cool tidbit about what George Romero did for Mr. Rogers because yeah. he worked on the show and he worked on a very interesting episode. So check that out if you guys haven't already. Absolutely. And then I've been reading the uh, Brian Michael Bendis Daredevil. Oh, Dude, you I've, <laughs> that's one of my favorites. And you texted me earlier in the week. Matt just exploded with excitement well, right because, there. Because like this is this is first of all, it's great. If you guys haven't checked that out, check it out. Brian Michael Bendis wrote Daredevil. It's uh, uh drawn by a guy named Alex Maliv. Yeah. 
that was one of the books that really pulled me into comics again and kind of showed me like, look, we can take these completely fant- fantasiful characters, these like ridiculous stories and make them cool and real. And I remember reading that shit in, you know, the, the late 2000s and telling yeah. Amanda, uh, my wife Amanda, who writes like, this would be a bitchin' show. You would just write it like a procedural, like a core procedural, but it would also have Daredevil. And she didn't really, I mean, she clearly didn't make the fucking show but now there's a great netflix show that's exactly what i said yeah you want to tell us a little bit about it or where you're at so i'm in the first book it was lent to me by alex popkin who is a member of the clearing the q podcast they are awesome check their stuff out but he lent it to me and i started reading it in the first five pages spoiler alert kingpin gets murdered julius caesar style and it's awesome and then this guy's like you couldn't get daredevil you know who he is, you know where he is, and you mm-hmm. just can't walk up and shoot him old school style. And this new hot shot, like, like mafia dude comes into town, thinks he's going to run things, and it's crazy. It's really well written, really interesting characters, like some interesting like dynamics they show. In like the first book, it's like these two cops. He's like, well, what if I run into a guy in a suit? And he's like, well, you just have to gauge the situation. And this guy's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'll show you. And it doesn't go well, but like the interesting idea of like, when does a cop just say, okay, see you later, Spider-Man? And when does he say, you're under arrest, Daredevil? Right. Like, very interesting. And and all the things that are happening with Matt Murdock and with the characters that they bring in, it's it's pretty fascinating. I mean, that, like I said, that is one of the, the books that has gotten me into comics. Yeah. And I could not be into Daredevil anymore. And it's because of that, that run specifically. Kevin Smith wrote before... Uh, before Bendis did, and his was pretty good, but it was a little bit more cartoony and comic booky. Whereas this is like you're watching a cop or a, a, um, a courthouse procedural with Daredevil stuff in it. And I love Brian Michael Bendis as a writer, but that being said, a lot of his stuff has the same voice. A lot of his characters have the same voice. Yeah. And he wrote um, Ultimate Spider-Man, the first hundred something issues of Ultimate Spider-Man. Those were and good. And they're they're great, but I feel like a lot of his Marvel writing is that yeah. if you read Avengers even if it's not in the ultimate universe every character is essentially the same type of dialogue yep. and uh, some people hate him for that I do not it, it doesn't necessarily bug me but it is cool when you have characters that, that are different than other ones Daredevil I feel like is a great example of that because I really feel like it. he's got some really good strengths and he really does Um, he just nails that character and he makes Daredevil was you know just this ho-hum character that was kind of goofy, and then Frank Miller in Frank Miller's hands became just such a cool fucking layered badass. And I do feel that Brian Michael Bendis, while not Frank Miller, certainly adds to that overall thing. I'm so ex- like I'm excited for you. Yeah, it's and been fun. Bendis writes a bunch. I forget how many issues he writes, but at the end of Bendis's run, a guy named Brubaker takes over, and he's really big in crime comics. He's written some of the most well-known and well-received crime comics of the last 10, 15 years. Interesting. And then I, when he does that, a guy named um, Michael Lark takes over the art. His art is very similar in style to Maleev's, which is what you're at now. Yeah. And Brubaker's writing is very similar to Bendis. And similar but different, Bendis leaves that, you know, walks away from the book at an interesting place. And Brubaker takes it up at a, in a really cool way at a really cool pace. So, like, I'm so fucking excited to, on I can, I and off tell. the show to tell you to talk to you about this <laughs> because it really it's it is a it is a good good run. It's it's super cool. I'll keep checking in with you and let yeah, you know man. how it goes. I'm excited about that. Well, I think that wraps up our "What Have You Been Watching" segment. You can keep in touch with us on our Facebook, on our Instagram, and on Twitter at Launchpad Pod. 
and hit us up on our website, launchpadpod.com. Guys, next week we have a great episode ready for you. We dive into the most March-centric movie series you possibly could. We dive into a franchise that is so highly regarded, the Leprechaun series. Matt, what do you got for him? Our next episode will be a blast. We talk about a horror outcast. We're sure you won't yawn when we talk Leprechaun next week on the Launchpad Podcast. Holy <laughs> shit. I just came up with that now. We, he we just did minutes. that. Yeah, we paused for a, a second. Minutes. He threw that out. I saw him counting syllables. Came back with a limerick that blast your socks off. <laughs> Check it out. It's, it, this is going to be fun. We're both, we're both really excited about this and not just because we're Irish. <laughs> All right. Till next time, Rocketeers, out.